Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Football Ramble. Fulham were gubbed again, Glenn Murray scored again, and Sven's back in business. Off we go. Hello, everybody. Good to have you with us. My name is still Marcus Speller. He's Luke Moore and he's Jim Campbell. All right. Um, gentlemen, we've we've got to start by saying what an awful weekend. Yes. Um, yeah. Everyone, of course, would have seen the horrific scenes in Leicester on Saturday evening and then it was later confirmed that the Leicester City chairman was among five people killed in a helicopter crash. Just horrendous news uh, and we send our, our deepest condolences to everyone affected of course yeah absolutely uh, Vichai Srivadana Prabha was a hugely popular figure at Leicester of course and a Premier League owner who actually appeared to care a great deal about the fans of the club and the wider mm. city in general his generosity and charm genuinely had such a positive effect on the place and, yep. and from donating millions to local children's hospitals to handing out birthday donuts and beers yeah. um, to fans at the stadium on match day and obviously being at the helm for that famous Premier League title mm. win which will live long in the memory. I mean, he really did transform the club. His legacy for me will be that he made Leicester City fans' dreams come true, of course, but not only that, that he made it possible for other clubs that perhaps aren't as big as the traditional big hitters to actually dream and say, this is yeah. possible, you know. Um, and a special mention must have also be reserved for the two pilots of the helicopter um, as well, Isabella Lechevich and uh, Eric Swaffer. Their final act was 
an act of tremendous bravery and calmness and an appalling situation, steering the helicopter to what appears to be the only open space around to ensure there were no further casualties on the ground. Needless to say, that um, that entire city is grieving today and the wider football community is grieving with them and thoughts and condolences to everyone. Absolutely, yeah. You can tell by the, the way the supporters have reacted, you know, what, yeah. what he meant to them. I mean, obviously, it would be, be sad anyway, but my, my goodness. And then before that happened, of course, the great Glenn Hoddle was taken ill on Saturday afternoon after appearing on... BT Sports report saying he suffered a heart attack. The good news is he's responding well to treatment. But the sound supervisor, Simon Daniels, was identified as the person that administered emergency first aid to Glenn Hoddle and, and might well have saved his life. Mm. So special praise to him. But we hope to see Mr Hoddle back on, on TV very, very soon. Yeah, I wish him a yeah. full and speedy recovery. Absolutely. absolutely. It's, it's very fortunate. Simon Daniels was saying that he um, he got that training as a special constable and just acted the way anyone with that knowledge would do. But, I mean, a suitably modest a response, but a really important thing. So good on him. Yeah. And so, all the best to Glenn, of course. Yeah, a legendary player, of course. And, but mm. even so, all the best to him anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, not a good weekend. Um, but anyway, let's... Uh, talk about the football that did happen in the Premier League. Um, let's go to Fulham straight away. Uh, another poor result for them. Another good result for Bournemouth, who, mm. are, who, who are going very well indeed. Fulham have now conceded 28 goals this season after 10 games, which is an unwanted equal record with Barnsley in 1997 and Southampton 2012 in, in, in Premier League history. Barnsley in the Prem. Yes, yeah. it goes back that that far. <laughs> That's when you know it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Who had the record as well? Barnsley. Yeah. They were ever there. <laughs> I know, it's a funny one, isn't it? But, oh my goodness, Jim. I mean, it's a, you know, Shahid Khan, sorry, has, has backed uh, Slavisa Jakanovic publicly, which is often the kiss of death, mm. of course. That often doesn't end well, but he's done that for now. I mean, it's the last four results, really, for Fulham that have been poor. They lost 3-0 at Everton. They lost 5-1 at home to Arsenal, 4-2 at Cardiff, and now this one. Whereas actually, before that, the results weren't too out of the ordinary, really, for a Premier League club. Uh, you know, 3-1 away to Spurs. Well, fair enough. You've got to hold your hands up there. They beat Burnley 4-2, draw 1-0 with Watford and so on. But these last four results have really exposed them. Well, they look like they're panicking to me. Um, they look like watching them, especially you know, as, as Bournemouth took hold of the game in, in the second half um, in particular. Like, it reminded me of, you know, when you're getting absolutely thrashed in like a five-a-side game and like your legs have gone and you've got butterflies and you just, you just know it's going to keep happening. Yeah. It's just horrible. They sort of, they look like that. They look so out of their depth. They look surprisingly out of their depth for a club of the, of the sort of stature and status of, of Fulham because they've been in the Premier League before. They've, mm -hmm. you know, they've, they've been a fixture of it so many times. They feel like part of the furniture almost. And it, they do look just, just alarmingly out of their depth. And also, also like you can get at them from anywhere. You know, mm. If you want, you can just go down the middle. Just absolute route one, any way you like. They, they don't really have an answer to it. Yeah. They got beaten exactly the same way they were beaten on the opening day against Palace. So they go a goal down. Um, it was worse than that. It, well, it was worse because at Palace on the opening, uh, sorry, at home to Palace on the open day, they were the better team. But they got sucker punched for the second goal, which essentially finished the game. And there's no answer to that. And then if you look at the way Kevin McDonald sent, was sent off, it's completely hapless. I mean, there's absolutely no need for it to happen. Kevin McDonald drops in, helps out the back four. Adoy gives him a. A terrible pass, and he has to he has to try and mm. sort of save it, and can't, and and he's already on the yellow card, and, he, and then he walks. That's I mean, there's still at that point, there's a bit of the game left. Mm. Everything seems to be going wrong for them, and I, I maintain what I said before. There's there's not necessarily any reason for it, but I maintain they're the worst team without the ball in the Premier League. Mm. I don't know how you feel about Marcus. I know you've seen him a lot, but I, I just I can't work out really why they don't seem to be at that level. I mean, the penalty they gave away was poor. Everything about it is just so poor. It seems very strange. I mean, I, you kind of. It's he, he looks like the type of character that you wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of. Yet, 
the way his team plays and the vibe around the club, and which is quite a Fulham Fulhamish vibe anyway, is one of being relaxed. I know that certain uh, footballers have said before, off mic, of course, oh, I'd love a move to Fulham. It's a really relaxed place. There's really? not much pressure. Right. Yeah, it would be, it would... Well, even now? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not talking, obviously, top-end footballers, but footballers who think, you know, I'd like to play top-end championship or, or in the Premier League, perhaps. Obviously, mm. that's where they are now. Uh, and some players think, yeah, it's just it's much more relaxed vibe, more with the fans, really, of course. The yeah. fans are not uh, particularly partisan there. <clears throat> Hello. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so, so Jukanovic, uh it doesn't strike me as that type of bloke, but 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 look how relaxed and really slack it is on the field. You know, you can't really imagine that too much with certain other managers. And and, and I wonder, it, it, are they going to be in a situation in a month's time where if these results don't change significantly, then are they going to have to? part ways with him because, and that would be a great great shame considering what he did in the championship and all they played wonderful football and they started the season okay yes they were a little bit naive against Palace on the first day but then there was a win against Burnley which okay fair enough it was only Burnley um, there was you know in a way lost to Spurs as I say but that's you know well, we were at that game and they were okay for a bit they were okay for a bit they were a little bit open and yeah. that's the thing with Fulham I, we expected them to be a bit open and you think well careful but they've, they're good going forward as well and they can yeah. cause teams problems and they did cause Spurs problems as well but Spurs are a far better side they, they they got a battling draw against Watford where they got out of jail a little bit at home and you think okay well that's a bit more of, of the spirit form, yeah. whereas when they lost 3-0 to Everton and then the 5-1 against Arsenal they look shot to bits mm. the mm. confidence looks all over the place mm. they look it, it's like it's a sinking ship nobody knows what what on earth is going on? And there are very few leaders in that team, you would say, in a traditional sense. You do wonder, and I tell you what, if it gets to January, you know, and they're really looking like they're going down and all the rest of it, you know, some Premier League sides may come in for Mitrovic, they may lose their manager. They've really do, you think, got to... do you think they've signed too many players? I don't know. I, I, it's... That's what everyone seems to be saying. Well, I'm, I'm... I think the lack of cohesion certainly points to that, doesn't it? Yeah, but, but also with Fulham, you know, they're not the kind of side that... So say if Huddersfield go down this season, yeah, which they, they, they may well do, um, they, you would imagine them sticking with Wagner because he's a good manager. Yeah. You know, he kept them up and you think, okay, it's a bit like with Dyche with Burnley. You know, if they went down, they'd probably keep hold of Dyche and you try and all the rest of it. Fulham have spent, what, 100 million or something mm. like that. They're not in the business of, okay, if we go down, then we'll Fine. just... Yeah. They're, <clears throat> they're thinking, no, we have to stay in the, in yeah. the Premier League. We're bil- re-establishing. Yeah, they've got a billionaire owner. That is the vision of, of the club. And uh, to, to me, I don't want to sound too simplistic, but yeah. to me, it just feels like and I've seen Fulham a couple of times this season uh, live, and I've obviously seen him once or twice on TV as well. You've got a battle. Oh, no, you yeah. know, I know it sounds like, oh, heart on your sleeve, you know, British passion. It's not about that. It's about being at the very top of your of your physical fitness and your desire. And Because you, you've got to battle for every single um, ball. Bournemouth do that. Everyone talks about Eddie Howe being this great progressive coach. Yeah. Well, fine, but Bournemouth have got a core of British and Irish players, and they work really hard. Mm-hmm. That's that's their basic platform. Yeah, but look, Fulham got out of the championship. You You... Get out of the championship by battling. Yes, you can have a quality. Of course you can. But you've got to have a bit of fight in you. Otherwise, you're not getting out of that league. 46 games and then playoff games. Yeah. You have to battle. Yeah. Do you think they've lost too many of those players then? No, I don't think they've lost. I, I, think, it's, I think it's well, a case I mean, of... In terms of 
in the in the starting lineup. No, because he started largely. The, well, okay, the the fullbacks weren't, but the two centre halves were were there from last season. I just, I just I don't know what he's teaching them on the training ground. Yeah. I don't know what is going on. The Bournemouth look good though. Bournemouth look mm. very good. But let's talk about them. Three clean sheets in a row. They've struggled at times to keep clean sheets in in the past. So very encouraging for them. And how how said it wasn't perfect. There were things that they could have done better, but it was a better performance than their four 0 win at Watford. And when you hear how talking like that, cutting that kind of figure. He, they are where he wants them now. They, yeah. they have brought that club on. A lot of those players have been there for a while. They've added um, very, very intelligently here and there. And you just you look at the vibe and you think, bloody hell, they're going places. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talked about Fulham coming up and seeming like they're part of the furniture and they've got that sort of pedigree. There are teams that come up. I remember the shock when Wigan came up and started doing really well. And I suppose Huddersfield were a little bit like it as well. Hull have been like that in the past where you think, wow. That is a, such an achievement that they're there in the Premier mm. League at all. And Bournemouth were absolutely that. And now they're sitting in sixth. And it yeah. just it, it doesn't seem strange now. But like that is such a mountain to overcome, isn't it? To, yeah. to establish yourself in the Premier League. And then, like, I mean, it's what, they've been up, this is their fourth season up? Yeah. And it's, it's now a real, real platform for them to actually just go, all right, we are, we're going to do something here. I think, I think they've also, I mean, <clears throat> the players they've dropped in there, Lerma's been very good. Uh, David Brooks has been a great, I know we've seen the improvement in Ryan Fraser, but he's been there a little while longer. David Brooks is a great story. He's been absolutely fantastic off the right and, and coming in and getting involved. It's, t- it's a testament to him how quickly he stepped up. A testament to Chris Wilder's management at Sheffield mm-hmm. United as well, of course, and Eddie Howe on his scout's judgment to, to bring the player in. Um, but of course, he, he's done, you look at David, David Brooks, He's all action. Mm. Him and Fraser, they're great quality young British players, but they're all action. They work so hard. They work their socks off and they earn the right to have these opportunities. I thought Brooks, I mean, the way he scored his goal, where he came in off the right Mm. and really the desire to get involved and want to be involved and and the finish was good as well. That's testament really to what what Bournemouth are all about and that's why they're so high in the the division. It's funny you mentioned about the sort of the the British and Irish link there, of course, you know, and, and to whittle that down a little bit more. That's sort of what, Southgate's trying to do with England, isn't it? You know, Bournemouth are kind you of... You can't have any Irish players, though. Well, no, I'm yeah. whittling it down to England, is what oh, I said. Oh, OK, right, yeah. Um, yeah. Because that is what Southgate... Can he have Irish players? No. Uh, I mean, they might argue about Declan Rice, but we'll But that's that kind of... You're right, have a bit of quality, a bit of technical ability, match it with the work rate, match it with the, with the pressing, all that kind of stuff. You know, that actually... Jürgen Klopp said his game is based on a sort of a, a, a traditional kind of you know English British approach from the kind of what was it late 70s 80s kind of thing you know he, so. he also said uh, that's that's actually a really good point because I saw Klopp the other day or I read something the other day that he said where he said I watch Guardiola teams and I don't like for me the way they play isn't mm. how I like to play but I still tell my players to watch them every team under Guardiola because whether they're scoring the sixth goal the eighth goal the first goal mm-hmm. they all celebrate with so much mm, passion they really right. everything is important to them and that's what you've got to do to succeed that's the difference between success, success and failure yeah um, going on about sort of in, certain individuals in the Bournemouth side you know the way Howes managed Callum Wilson had some bad bad injuries and yet look at him now scored two more yeah. goals people are saying he should be maybe picked for England could be a little bit fanciful, but he's in the conversation. Well, he is because he came up obviously uh, with a great goal scoring um, season in the Championship when they were promoted. Started off very well in their first season in the Premier League, got that terrible injury. Mm. Really, it took him up another year or two to, or, well, another year probably to, to recover from that. Wasn't able to feature all of that season after either. Last season featured obviously a lot more, scored some good goals. Um, and this season could be his proper breakthrough season if he stays fit. He's got five, I think, in 10 now. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a he's a good player. I like his movement. He can do a bit of everything. 
Um, do I mean do do England need a player like that in the front line? They probably might do actually. You never know because behind Kane, it's, it drops off. Well, since Vardy's quit yeah, down and, yeah. and so on and so forth. But let's move on, shall we? Let's go to the South Coast. Is it too fanciful to say Glenn Murray? <laughs> I think it might be. Yeah, <laughs> getting the England squad at the age of thirty-five. Yeah. Thirty-five years young, as I like to say. Yeah. Until you're thirty-five years old, Murray scored his hundredth goal for Brighton. That's over two spells, of course, at the club. His sixth goal in his last eight starts in the Premier League. I think he's a top-scoring Englishman in the league so far, Jim. This uh, is this is. I love it. I love Glenn Murray, and it, you know, with his footballing uh, abilities and so on. And I, I love the fact he's a proper poacher, and he's come up to the, the Premier League. Injured the last game as well, didn't he? Yeah, well, he, I mean, he's another one that struggled with injuries. Quite sim- mm. similar to, to Callum Wilson, you sc- scored a lot of goals in the Championship. Came up, scored a few with Palace, and I remember thinking, I'm gl- glad he had a tilt in the in the Premier League then. But you just wondered if he was one of those players that had a little go and thought, Do you know what? I'm better yeah. off in the Championship. Oh no, Big Murray's here. So you, yeah. you you're officially bringing him out of the Darren Huckabee zone. Well, I think he's I done think that he's himself. himself out, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He has, yeah, yeah. Nathan Ellington is another one. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I have a question about Murray's goal. Was it a volley? No. Uh, if you look at it, it looks like it is just about to hit the pitch before he hits it. I, I think it, it might be half. like the closest volley. I haven't you can seen get. it close up enough. Close uh-huh. up yeah, enough. see, I'm not sure. I've, it was I've, a great inconclusive. It was a lovely touch. Some, oh, some, yeah. some so strikers, composed. he's definitely one of them. Some strikers, they just have this knack. Mm. Of the, the ball just comes to them, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. But you know, Glenn Murray's only the second player to score 100 goals for Brighton. Uh, I don't know if you guys know much about the first guy, a guy called Tommy Cook. He scored a hundred and I can't remember hundred and nine or something, but he would have scored more had he not actually been a full time cricketer by trade. Wow! <laughs> In so the thirties, yeah, so I was going to say that's how long ago that great, was. It's a great story. He scored over twenty thousand first class runs as a cricketer. My goodness! And found time amid all that to serve in both world wars and scored over a hundred goals for Brighton. <laughs> but, but, but back in those days, when it was obviously the sports were conducted quite differently yeah. now and so on you know a football as you say they were they were top class sportsmen all round yeah. yeah it's, it's incredible a, it's a great story but that's like when you hear um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head like someone like Brian Lara I think he could have been a footballer but well Michael Owen to... apparently could have been a snooker player or a golfer mm. yeah and didn't Michael Jordan have a little go at baseball like MC Hammer did I think <laughs> <laughs> Nelly, <Yeah>. another one. <laughs> yeah, but they're not sportsmen, are they? But they could have been. Yeah, could you have been? Um, Leatherhead reserves. Probably speak, what... Leatherhead speak in very <laughs> glowing terms about mm. that season. What year was it? Oh, I don't want to talk. They've about named it. a bench after you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was in the late eighties, Jim. I can't remember yeah. the actual year. You can feed the swans from it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Chris Hutton said it's very difficult for a club like Brighton to get three wins in a row and back-to-back clean sheets in the Premier League, but they've bloody well done it. They finished seven points above the rally zone last season and looking at the table can Brighton look forward to a push for, for mid-table this season or, rather than a relegation scrap because we talk about the lack of teams going for those sort of mid-table uh, places you know and it's, well, it I mean depends. we know it's not a fight for the middle ground anymore no, chaps is it it's possible because for a team like Brighton and you could you could last a load of, you could list a load of teams in the Premier League like this it, they could literally come bottom yep. or come about ninth. Brighton, but the thing is with Brighton, though, when we talk about the lack of organisation with Fulham and the lack of goal scoring with the likes of Huddersfield and Newcastle and the lack of probably overall quality, I suppose, with somebody like Cardiff, Brighton have the organisation. They have a manager who knows his onions and they have people who can put the ball in the net. They have a little bit of quality. Yeah. Not in huge uh, bucket loads uh, but, but they're but good they've... at home aren't they they're, they're good at home and yeah. winning that sort of game is exact, is just so vital um, yeah. like stopping West Ham's momentum as well Absolutely, didn't they a couple of weeks well. ago Yeah, I mean so Brighton are already on 14 points so you think at least Newcastle already won't catch them so that's <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's something to build on. He's back next week, Jim. We'll see how brave you are then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but it's, yeah. it's a great destination to go and watch a game. I've talked about it before. I've been down to the Amex. It's fantastic. Um, Indeed. They, um, th- 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 they'll rely heavily on their home form, as you'd expect. You'd certainly think so. Um, speaking of home form, Crystal Palace finally scored yeah. a goal at home. And, uh, scored two of them. They did. Mm. They scored two of them. Arsenal's winning run comes to an end, of course. Palace get their first point at home this season. Hodgson was a bit annoyed that they didn't win. He was pleased with the performance, but he was annoyed at that handball. Yeah, I can understand that. But I feel like if you have Skodra Mustafi in your team, uh, you mm-hmm. should be allowed at least one handball. <laughs> right. It's basically a handicap. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was it was completely missed. Obviously, that, that, that should have been punished. What but, did you um, think of uh, Granite Jacker? Hero to zero. Kick. Yeah, it was great. Don't remember anything else. <laughs> no, the, the, uh, the Jacker thing is an inter- interesting one because a lot of people have said that um, Zaha dived into it, which I think if you look at it, you know he, he did. But Jacker's put himself in a position where against Zaha, no, exactly where there's nowhere else for him to go. That and also even if he hadn't taken a little tumble, he, I mean he would have gone over him anyway. He was just yeah. making sure the would, ref gave it. Would you say that's the most predictable thing that has ever happened in football? <laughs> when, well, as soon as you saw the team lineups, as soon as we saw that start, him starting in that position, I reckon the well, chances he, of him fouling him for a penalty yeah. were almost a hundred percent. Well, yeah. he played he played there against Sporting Lisbon, and he was. You know, he was. He uh, it's just, like a man just out of position. Sporting, mate. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's um, actually Sporting Club de Portugal. Yeah. Right. Okay. And yeah. the Brasil told me that. So who were Arsenal playing? Uh, Inter Milan. Atletico <laughs> um, <laughs> Madrid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, but he was he was there and he, he he did a job and he was fine. But yeah, I mean that's. Yeah. I suppose part of working out a new squad is working out who you put into. Emergency. Yeah, but is he just trying it at random? Yeah. yeah. Well, based on that, you'd think. Yeah. But I mean, Mustafi's was was far worse. Like just just. Sitting on the ground and then kicking someone isn't defending, <laughs> is it? It's just weird. I mean, when, you, when you boil it down like that, to do. when you boil it like, down like that, Jim, it does seem a bit. Can, can I just say my favourite of the uh, of the weekend on that front was Chris Smalling? Oh my god! Yeah, I, I we, found we, my... uh, we'll come uh, on to that. No, I want to say that right, okay. rolling them hand grenades. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I found myself at the time that actually happened. I said out loud, "How is he still doing that?" Yeah. yeah. He's been at Man United for how many years? Yeah, well, actually, we'll do it again later. Yeah, okay, Let's do yeah. it again later. later. We'll look forward to that, yeah. But would you say, do you want uh, the keeper to be saving that? I know you don't because you're an Arsenal fan. Do you, want, <laughs> do you want the keeper to be saving that Xhaka free kick? I thought he could have done a bit better. I there. think if you look at it, though, he's hit it so hard. He gets a hand on it um, that I don't think there's much you can do about it. Hennessy's got a weird track. I, I haven't got him in front of me, but he's got a weird track record of being in goal for a lot of the most amazing goals of the last few years. <laughs> I think he was in goal for that Giroud one. Oh, right. The backhill yes, scorpion. Yes, he one. was. Yeah. And he, he's, in, he's been in for a few of them, I think. Has he? He's, he's a bit of a magnet for other teams scoring brilliant goals. Neil Sullivan. Neil Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah, that's his name. What about, what about the him? goalkeeper? The Beckham one. Yeah, Beckham. And then I think David Batty scored an absolute beauty for Newcastle, which was overshadowed. Because mm. uh, it wasn't that long after the Beckham one. Thinking about it, I don't want to be harsh on, 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 on Arsenal here. They would seem a bit of a reputation of letting a few in from long range. You see I mean, a real blind spot about, about that. About three do leap to yeah. mind. Yeah, didn't they? Naeem, Ronaldinho, that. the bloke who scored from the corner for Macedonia. <laughs> oh, no. He's got a name. Yeah, I mean, three straight off. Yeah. Lee Dixon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, own goals in, bad. Well, you're harking back to own bad. goals and gaffs with Danny Baker there. Yeah. Wonderful. The great Baker. Uh, but Milivojevic back among the penalty goals. Yeah. 
Stuck them away. Nice to see for non He absolutely fans. loved that equaliser, didn't he? Oh, yeah, and you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, as you expect. You certainly yeah. would, yeah. Mm. Um, I think the problem was with Arsenal, again, it's what we were talking about before and what you know Emery's been talking about and everyone at the club has been talking about but can't seem to address. is just starting very, very slowly in, in the, in the you, first half. Jim, and, two penalties given away in one game. You are going to get this occasional Wenger aftershock. Yes, <laughs> like a Wenger shock. Yeah, I mean, that's they, it. They've gone, what, 11 games winning streak? Yeah. I mean... You know, it was, it was bound to end. Mm. Didn't and at least it's it... ended with a point rather than a defeat. Sometimes the whole squad and team on the pitch on the match day will go for a, a sort of group regressive therapy session at the same time. Exactly. And resort back to, to Wenger yeah. at I times. I can't believe that Palace weren't just intimidated by the uh, the frightening mint green away kit. We, yeah. We People were saying that looked like toothpaste. Yeah. Mm. My toothpaste white. So I don't know, I'm not involved in that. It's the only place where mint should be. It's on toothpaste. toothpaste. You reckon? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, love, I, love it. I love it with mint. Mm. I well, love a peppermint tea, me. Let's not get into this now. After the break, we're going to talk about Manchester United and go down to the Championship. See you in a moment. Here comes Pete Donaldson's box of tricks. What's it going to be this time? Stick around to find out. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. I think you 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 are, you are an ostrich. Ah, it's delivered. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Lovely. Ostrich Neil Nigel Pearson. There it Good is. Good to hear. Welcome back to the football ramble. It's time for emails with Jimmy the Campbell. Yeah, it is. Okay, so um, we'll get to 
We'll get to the obvious. Um, but it's got the one that isn't to do with him. Jim, do you uh, want the email jingle? <laughs> yeah, go on then. I got, can you just stall a bit? Because I've got to find it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, shall I just read one? Or, or, or does that sort of defeat the point of having a jingle for it? I think you've stalled enough. Oh, there we go. <laughs> not the bees! You've got mail. Say I'm the only bee in your bonnet, Jim. You Put a little, bird, little birdhouse in our souls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dive straight in, um, <laughs> like Chris Smalling, uh, with, uh, <laughs> with an email from Josh Osborne that says simply, Brighton striker Jürgen Lacadia is Jürgen Crazy Day in Spanish. Nice. Big Crazy fan of that. Crazy Day. Crazy love Day. Love that. I do love that. So let's get to the main event. Straight to it. Uh, dear Ramblers, since my first email last Monday about a man known fondly to the Herefordshire footballing community as Maltese Joe, I have received many more tales from down the years, including an update about him officiating a game from the confines of his own car. Regarding that one, I have been told that he tried to claim petrol money from the Herefordshire FA because he had the car running whilst he officiated. So this, this, this story just keeps on giving, doesn't it? The man is a football puritan, and my dream is for him to one day create the greatest officiating double act to have ever graced the, the footballing world with Mike Dean. Um, agree. I, um, again from Dan Roberts Jim I saw a picture of Maltese Joe did uh, you really over the weekend yeah and uh, he looks I mean he looks exactly as you'd imagine yeah yeah he, he sort of slick back hair not really no sort of greying hair in uh, his early days it would have been bit of pot belly on yeah, there yeah, involved yeah. yeah yeah stern looking yeah absolutely not bothered <laughs> in, yeah. in his, sat in his car yeah. <laughs> he was he was actually on the pitch in the picture I saw stealing from players yeah. um, <laughs> hi chaps I couldn't believe my ears when I heard you mention legendary Herefordshire referee Maltese Joe etc etc then when looking on the Hereford, uh, Hereford FC forum I saw a thread about it on there with a few people mentioning stories they'd heard about him I thought you might like this one we were losing 7-0 with 20 minutes to go. They were second in the league and needed a, needed goal difference. Joe blocked to say, that's it, let's all go home. He rushed into the clubhouse to watch the Grand National, leaving their team out on the pitch furious. That is from Tristan Edwards and posted by Tractor Boy uh, originally. Um, I wonder if he had a winner in the Grand National. Yeah, so two more. Two more. Hi Ramblers. I hope you can sift through the hundred or more emails I'm sure you got over the weekend about Maltese Maltese Joe. I currently live in Australia, but I'm born and bred Herefordian. My grandfather has been refereeing in Herefordshire for the past fifty-four years. He's retired dozens of times, but like Maltese Joe, is still refereeing at the age of seventy-seven. I FaceTimed him the other night to let him know Joe had made it onto the ramble. I asked for any stories he had, but they were all mostly along the same lines as the others, him refereeing from his car, up and down the line when it's too cold, or him leaving halfway through if he's bored with the game. But <laughs> But he did follow this with saying that they were once at a county referee's dinner and Joe came over and tried to chat at my nan. My nan chimed into the conversation saying he was quite persistent, to which my granddad concluded, see, he must be crazy. Let's just say he'll have to make his own tea for the next week. Keep up the good work, Sophie Barnett. Uh, It's a good job Maltese Joe hasn't refereed any Man United games, isn't it? Because he'd be off at half-time then as well. Mm. Dig. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I may not have been refereed by Maltese Joe, from Nathan Watts, but instead... Uh, by Mario, a local, uh, notorious local ref in South Wales. The legend has it that he was a Maltese international in his younger days. He couldn't speak a word of English and would brandish a yellow card if anyone except the captain even tried to open their mouth at him. Not the rules, is it? Um, <laughs> it may not be as exciting as, as his compatriots' tales, but it makes me think there are more of these kinds of referees out there. Well, so I, guess we're sort of, I love that. I thought yeah. you called that right referee. Yellow yeah, card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the Malton connection. The most the ridiculous moment I had when I was being refereed by a game, this was in the... Uh, do you know it was in this thing? It was like it was called the, the Church of England, like cup or whatever. It's like the sort of FA Cup for for churches around the land. And uh, we played. What round were you in? 
I was uh, very early. Right. Okay. Very early. We went out. We went out to extra the, preliminary round. Probably. Okay. Right. That, that kind of thing. Apparently, 11, is it eleven aside? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Apparently, a uh, mate of mine said he played in a team once. Uh, I mean, this years ago, mate of mine was he's a bit older, and uh, they were taken apart by this guy up front who scored a hat trick, and they realised it was Garth Crooks. Oh, oh wow. nice. Poster playing days. But uh, yeah, there, there was a bit of a the, the, the referee was getting very very wound up by the the opposition to the point. Of, I mean, we hammered them. I think we won like. 13-2 or something like that and uh, and they were getting round up it was pissing down with rain and the and the referee was so fed up with their players that he tackled one of their players oh, wow no no it gets better he tackled one of their players and then just and then just like passed it back to our goalkeeper this was like right at the end of the game there's probably just a few minutes left and we were all stood there thinking what, what do we and they were a bit like what and he was just like getting really really angry with them so that's what he did anyway he passed it back to our goalkeeper and then as he was walking off, our goalkeeper cleared the ball and smacked it off the back of the referee's head, right? right. <laughs> to which the opposition obviously like fell about laughing as if to say, up yours. Yeah. Yeah. To which he then grabbed the ball, walked over to one of their players, threw the ball down and went, were you born an effing dickhead to the bloke? And then that was the end of the game. <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> what yeah. an amateurish performance. Yeah. We had to pull the referee off the, uh, off the opposition. I, I, I remember, remember Richie we went to um, uni with. Yeah, of course. Yeah. His, old, his old man was a decent player and then when he retired he wanted to become a referee and apparently the first game of the season as a ref he blew for the kickoff, mm. ball went back, came up in the air, and and Richie's dad completely forgot where he was. Just jumped up and gave it a big header. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, "Oh yeah, sorry about that. He had to give a, he to give a drop ball." Because he forgot. That's glorious. <laughs> that. there you go, sure. Oh, wonderful. Oh well, let's go to Old Trafford then. Uh, Manchester United won unconvincingly again. They're uh, up to eighth, overtaking Everton in ninth in the race for mid-table. Hmm. Um, do, you th- do you think it was that unconvincing? Because I don't, well, I don't feel like they ever looked like not winning that. Do you know, I, Chris Smalling made it interesting. Yeah. He certainly did. You're right, actually, Jim. I've been a little bit harsh there. It was, it was a, yeah, Everton never looked Oh, like... you're the sort of Pete person Mourinho talks about. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what's he been saying about me? <laughs> <laughs> um, should Paul Pogba stop doing that silly run-up yes. before taking penalties? I saw the, a crowd seem to think so. I they? really wanted Pickford to save it. And when he did, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's one of those annoying ones. The, the commentary was mad. The commentator thought it hit the post. It went in the middle of the goal. Yeah, it was never. Yeah. Um, mm. I saw a cool video which demonstrated that it took Pogba longer to take that penalty <laughs> Yeah. That did for Usain Bolt to win the hundred meters. I saw that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was—I mean, he's, as I always say, he's bringing in variables, and he's—he was caught again in possession. He seems to be caught in possession a great deal for a player of his quality, doesn't he? Yeah. It seems to happen a lot more than it happens with other what you would call superstar football yeah. players. Well, the thing is, with this example of it, it was a clear attempt to showboat, wasn't it? And a, a clear attempt to just do something fancy absolutely for the sake of it and then not take the responsibility of covering up his mistake. And that's yeah. obviously led Chris Smalling into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Which is easily Did he think yeah. he was... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chris Smalling is a truffle pig. But if, <laughs> if a truffle was trouble... A truffle, a truffle pig. pig. Damn, I should have said that the first time. Um, but do you, do you think that Pogba, he hadn't been um, on a in, in such a commanding supposed performance, if you like, despite me saying it was unconvincing winner, only because of the, the goal towards the end. But do you think he hadn't been on such a, a comfortable 2-0 kind of scoreline for a while? He thought he was playing for France and he thought, well, if I do this, then Kante will be fine. Yeah, yeah. Fine. yeah, maybe. Or is it like, is he... Is he thinking that he's got to protect the brand as he plays? Maybe. Very few other players have that sort of burden. Yeah, it was a very interesting performance from from Pogba because he looked like he had more freedom. He looked like he enjoyed it. He had more touches of the ball and, and more passes than any other player on the pitch. And he looked like a bit more of the player that 
I'm sure a lot of Man United, well, all Man United fans, and, and maybe a lot of neutrals would like to see as well. He was the way there's a bit more swagger about him. Yeah. He got a goal and an assist, and he was the, exactly, exactly yeah. the guy so, to win the game. Exactly. So essentially, his he was the difference. Although Martial but, took his goal brilliantly. But I do think, though, I mean, Paul Pogba is a, is a fine player, and everyone knows that. No one's questioning seriously that he's not a fine player. And you know, we can talk about the management and stuff. And I, I talked about it, didn't I, last week with Re Lukaku? I still yeah. think it's relevant for probably a lot of the players around that age. It can't be a coincidence that Pogba's best performances and his best um, sort of um, moments have come in a France shirt and in the Juventus shirt in what was an absolutely ridiculous midfield. Mm. I mean, good players become better players with good players around them. I don't think Matic is really up to much at the moment. And I don't know if Mourinho even fancies Fred. He sort of seemed to play him despite himself at the weekend and then dragged him off anyway. So... I, that's probably a part of it, isn't it? I mean, you wouldn't say Man United have got any chance of winning the Premier League this season. He's not, not, he's not going to be competing at the top, very, very top of the Premier League this year, I don't think. Mm. And as a result, is that because he's not got great players around him? Well, if that's the case, he's not going to be the first good player to not look as good because he's got bad players around him. Yeah, yeah. but he looked better in this performance, though. He did, and I, I feel like... I'm, but he still almost cost them the game. I don't well, know, is that oh, a bit harsh? A, no, I don't think he... Because, I mean, you know... I mean, Chris if, Smalling didn't have to do what he did. Absolutely, yeah, there were there were... There were opportunities to stop that happening between what Pogba did and what mostly Smalling's brain didn't do. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think I'm perhaps a little bit guilty of this myself. If I see a game where Paul Pogba's involved a lot and like he hits the post, which he seems to do a lot, or like narrowly misses, or you know it's, something doesn't quite come off for him, in my head I think, oh, that's another one that hasn't gone in. Rather so it's confirmation bias. All, then. Absolutely, I rather than he's so. having this all action oh, performance. That's fair, fair point. I think the hype on him and the expectation on him. It, 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 that's just not really dissipated. Perhaps still because of his price tag and because of the hype, the, all the Pogback stuff, all that. But Jim, there are some there are some players out there for one reason or another, and you would I mean, who are, who do appear to just to be targets. That as soon as something goes wrong for them, people go, "Oh, see, I told you, Özil's another one." Yeah, Raheem Sterling, absolutely. Sterling, Sanchez, possibly Pete Donaldson. Yeah, yeah Pete Donaldson. He's why always Pete Donaldson, you know? Yeah, although that is us. Yeah, most yeah, doing us, it yeah. to him, and I stand times. by that. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are interested in the Pete Donaldson update, and there must be someone out there, um, he's got a full chest um, pectoral henna tattoo. We think it's I henna. I don't think it's henna. I think it's a stick-on one, isn't it? Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, it's a stick-on one. Either way, it's tragic. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> when most people like us turn to Partridge in their old, uh, older mm. years, Pete's turning into Michael. Yes. Isn't he? Yeah. Far East trips, tattoos, boozing. Hopefully, hopefully most people get that reference. <laughs> I don't care, um, they do. I'm not going, care. Anthony Martial, lovely goal, yeah. another good game. Are we ready to go to the championship? I think so. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I think Fulham certainly are. <laughs> hey, there we go. Um, let's go to the championship. Ipswich will be hoping that they're still in the championship next season. Of course, they were beaten 3-0 by Millwall. Better job, better job, better news for them, if you will, is that Paul Lambert is their new manager. Is that better news? Mm. Hmm. Is it? I don't know. He he's taken charge of, of of Ipswich Town. They're bottom of the league. He was in the stands to see them getting beaten three 0 by Mill. Ipswich have won once in fifteen matches. Paul Hurst was sacked last week as manager. He was Mick McCarthy's successor. Now, you know, we we had a little chuckle at Big Mick and what would come out of his mouth, of course, and his facial expressions and so on. But did Mick? Was he overachieving with this Ipswich side? I mean, it was a very limited budget. I think he did. I think in hindsight, you have to say he did an okay job. And yeah. if you look at Paul Lambert, I mean, the Stoke City job wasn't right for him. They needed someone who could win them games. And Lambert isn't that type of coach. I don't mean he doesn't. He never wins, but he's quite a defensive-minded coach, isn't he? So it didn't work out for him at Stoke. <clears throat> um, the goals that Ipswich conceded against yeah. Millwall were very championship goals, particularly the mm. first two were, were so championship, it was unbelievable. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. And I think 
possibly Paul Lambert is the kind of manager who would stop that happening. Um, but then, of course, he's got this history at Norwich where he had a decent amount of success. And so, Ipswich fans may uh, get in touch. Show at thefootballramble.com if yeah. you're happy about it. But Did, yeah. they're going to have to get past that, aren't they? Because we've seen managers in the past who have coached fierce rivals beforehand find it difficult. Mm. So um, it's an interesting appointment. I was quite surprised when I saw it announced, but at the same time, they need someone who's got a bit of experience because they're in big trouble. That's right. Well, Brian Clug is the caretaker manager. Love that. Brian Clug. Because it sounds like a pro Evo version of Brian Clug. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. Cluggy. Um, right. Sheffield United. They're top of the league, Jim. They are. Told you. Um, that Billy, never happened. Billy Sharp with a hat trick. Sharp had a brief dabble with the Premier League in, back in 2012 uh, 13 season with Southampton. Didn't score. No. Um, but he was he, good. he's been good. In the, he's been good. He's, in, been, he's been brilliant in the championship, especially for Sheffield United. But could he do a bit of Could he emulate Glenn Murray, Jim? He's 32. You know, a little late flourish. Could they, Sheffield United, could they get back in the Premier League? I, I, I would love to see that. I would love to see either of the Sheffield, or preferably both of the Sheffield clubs back yeah. in, in the Premier League. Probably not Wednesday at the moment, but then there's the championship. I mean, you never at some know. point, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There um, was one point oh, a week or two ago, possibly last week, where first and 13th in the championship were separated by seven points. Yeah, yeah. well, first and 10th are. Is that it's first separated by six points at the moment. I, I like Billy Sharp. He's found his scoring boots on the Wilder. Um, he's, of course, been through tremendous hardship in his yep, life as well. Absolutely. I don't begrudge the amount of thing. Um, despite once scoring twice against Pompey in a South Coast derby, that sort of stuff uh, mm-hmm. runs runs deep. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's had his be- he had his best years from memory at, in League One at Scunthorpe, where he came through. He had a really good season, another season, good season in League One after that. I think with Sheffield United not so long ago, mm-hmm. and now he's he's he seems to be banging the goals. There. I mean, I, but that's what I mean. When you start you start talking about oh, but it was League One for them and the challenges for them. But they're top of the league. Like yeah, they they yeah. Ha- now have realistic ambitions to, to getting promoted. Yeah. And someone like Billy Sharp, a bit like Glenn Murray, but even more pronounced, um, perhaps, uh, playing in the Premier League, well, this is it. getting you've a got, few Premier League goals. The, the combination of experience and drive of thinking like, this is, this is it. Yeah, this at the age of 32 as yeah. well. It's, Wigan started really well in this game. They were sort of unlucky to, mm. to, to not to go ahead. And then, of course, they, they, they were beaten in the end. There was an amazing own goal in this game there as was, well. There was. It wasn't the own goal of the weekend. Not in the championship. No. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, but Paul Cook, Wigan manager, was full of praise for Sheffield United, saying they were the most outstanding team in the division. And if Paul Cook says something, we tend to agree with it, don't we, Luke? Uh, yeah, I don't mind Paul Cook. I think he's quite a good coach. Okay. The man likes a, boot, likes a beer, but uh, <laughs> who doesn't? We know? can't go too far, though. No, you can't. With our chat on Paul Cook. No. But there we are. Uh, moving on swiftly. Leeds drew one all with Nottingham Forest. Controversial one. A controversial one from yes. Ruth because he armed it in. He, yeah, very much so. It's a d- <laughs> diving armour. Was it controversial like, or was it just a handball? Was, yeah, there's nothing controversial about it. Yeah. it the the line of forearm. Yeah, it was yeah. ridiculous. Absolutely. Like, it was one of those ones where you think, oh, well, that's so obvious. Yeah. It's going to be. And, and, and the whole Middlesbrough side are like, oh, come on. Oh shit! He's given it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it wasn't yeah. Middlesbrough. It was Forest they were playing. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead to the next yeah. result. Yeah, got, you're absolutely right. Reds mixed I did well, get my Reds mixed up. Two, two. Leeds, but Middlesbrough would have been outraged yeah. as well. Everyone would have been. Leeds, Leeds and Forest, two interesting teams because of course you got the Bielsa thing. I'd mm. love to see Bielsa earn the right to mm. manage in the Premier League. Well, that's the two points behind Sheffield United. Yeah, second. but you wonder how long they can sustain. Well, it we thought that. that we thought they were dropping off, but they're just coming back. Hopefully, it's a long old season. though. It is a long. season. And then with Forest, you got these new owners who are very demanding, and there was talk of um, one of the owners going into the dressing room before a mm. game a week or two ago, and obviously Karanka's under a bit of pressure. That their, their new signings haven't really hit their straps yet. So this was a big game, and I guess maybe a draw was a fair result, but these two teams will have serious designs on doing something this season. Oh, yeah. Um, championship is so... I know we say this every year, but this year, more than any other, it really is so competitive. Well, let's let, put this into context. little mention for QPR. Terrible start to the season. We 
had a little chuckle. McLaren not doing very well. Turned it around. They've won four out of the last five. They're 10th. Bearing in mind, they were down the bottom. They're 10th, just two points off the playoffs and six points off top spot. Yeah. You remember how badly QPR well, started. And, and they the were, they, they've been, they either now are at the moment, they have been under a transfer embargo. McLaren looked like he was toast. Yeah. I don't know why they fired Holloway in the first place because he was just about, just about working their team out. They bring in um, Naki Wells, I think, yeah. and Tom, uh, Tom Hamed on That's loan right, yeah. to, to do something for them. All of a sudden, it's really clicked. Mm. And, and the problem with someone like Steve McLaren, who's at this stage of his managerial career, is I think, I don't know if you guys agree, but if he loses like three or four, I mean, because I had that really bad result against West Brom, I conceded seven. Yeah, yeah. I, that was it but, at the but, start. but as soon as that happens, though, Marcus, people go, oh, Steve McLaren, he's yeah, done. He's of finished. Course, of course. And, and, and so he's, he's showed great character there, and so have his players. McLaren's, a, McLaren's a decent enough championship manager. Mm. You know, and uh, that's the thing. I mean, I think. You know, when you look back at league tables from, say, the 80s and the 70s or the 80s and whatnot, and you see teams that not with much budget up the top of the league in England's top flight and, you know, different uh, winners and different well, people. What, what Brian Clough achieved, basically, yeah, is provincial yeah, all teams. That. That, that's yeah. what the championship is. You know, mm. if, you, if you if you kind of hark back for yesteryear and so on, and you're a Premier League side of a Premier League, you're a fan of a Premier League side, sorry. Like, seriously, have a good look at the championship because it's uh, it's yeah, incredible well, I mean, there entertainment. Very, very few teams in it. That haven't been in the Premier League. At yeah, one point. Yeah, well. about, I think about sixteen of them have been. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, we, sadly we have to mention uh, Middlesbrough drawing one all with Derby because Jaden Bogle's own goal was a painful one to watch. It was <laughs> handed to Borough a late point. A great shame for the eighteen-year-old who played so he, well. He did play well. And they've got some really good young players. Oh, but, but, it was... but you know, the reason that own goal wasn't saved is one of the first examples I've seen of a goalkeeper not quite being able to believe what's happened. <laughs> And forgetting to dive quick enough. Which yeah. got Carlson as well. Yeah, I know. Experienced goalkeeper. Yeah. Middlesbrough were... I mean, I don't want to revert to type and sort of criticise Middlesbrough for this because it certainly is a, a fine way of playing. Mm, direct. Um, but Q, Cardiff was successful with it last season. Mm-hmm. They're now in the Premier League. So fair enough. And Tony Pulis at the helm. We know what they were going to do as soon as, as soon as they picked up eight, six for eight, Aidan Flint in, in the summer. Yep. But they absolutely bombarded they Derby. Yeah. And, and do you know what? It turned out to be a good tactic because Derby have got a team peppered with young, inexperienced mm. players. A couple of their defenders, I think, 18, I think. Well, when you said it was a good tactic, okay. Well, they got the point. It worked. But Derby dealt with it. <laughs> Apart from when he volleyed it into his own net, they dealt with it. Do you know what I mean? So that's why it would be such a sickener for, for Lampard's side there. But... You know, it's the championship. Anything can happen. Middlesbrough two points off the top. It's working so far. There you They're go. above Derby in the league and they would have gone below them if Derby had won. There you are. You see, you can't argue with facts. Um, uh, <laughs> Thanks, Rafa. We go, <laughs> um, we, uh, we, before we go to a break, uh, Scottish League Cup semi-finals, few results. Hearts lost. Easy peasy for Celtic. I mean, an awful 17 minutes in that second half. A needless penalty given away. A terrible goalkeeping error. And then a 20-yarder into the top corner. And Gerard was piping up about Rangers as well. But punchy stuff from Gerard. He yeah. said, um, "If if I can't find, if we don't find players who want to win these types of games, it's my job to find new ones." Yeah, Gerard sort of said, "This is my fault, but the players need to step up." And yeah. I suppose he's trying to not publicly criticise his players too much, but you can see that he's frustrated with them uh, because they lost to Aberdeen. The Dandy Dons are in the final. For Celtic, brilliant, yeah. lovely. Old one. I really, mm. I, I was so pleased for Aberdeen because they've 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 gone close to getting a trophy recently. You know, beaten by Celtic in a couple of finals and whatnot. Probably will happen again, to be fair. Um, <laughs> but it was great. And and Lewis Ferguson, the nephew of Barry Ferguson, scored the only goal. Oh, we're old. No, I see. Setting up the uh, setting up the final against Celtic so early on in the season for a cup final. It's very strange. Yeah, and it, it, it was a typo when I first saw it. Doesn't get any less strange, does it? No. That's the odd thing about it. Mm. Oh well, there we are. Right, after the after the break we're going to talk about League 1. 
there's no doubt what I have done on, on Saturday after the game is disgusting. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. The preview show sponsored by Bet365 is out on Thursday. Luke, how did our best better get on? Quite badly, as far as that he wasn't successful. Yes. Um, it's a really, it really is a, a, a sort of yes or no type scenario. <laughs> Black and white. <laughs> he was a, very much a no because Fulham weren't able to score at home against Bournemouth. So yeah. that was the end of that. Perhaps in hindsight, it was a touch ambitious. <laughs> but there we go. You, listen, you sail too close to the sun. That's how it goes sometimes. That's it, that's We're looking it. for a new one. So show at thefootballramble.com with best bet in the subject line and I'll pick another one for Thursday sail too close to the sun fly too close to the <laughs> yeah. sun or sail yeah. too close to the wind I guess if you've got some sort of like like spaceship with one of those sun sails on it which yeah. uses like photons to Oh, if you've arrogantly yeah. attached sails to your arms yeah, yeah. you're right yeah. I, I apologise that's what happened there were no wings yeah. it was sails yeah, yeah. it's a uh, common misconception thinking that. about it a sail is very similar to a wing yeah. you've yeah. got to admit that I apologise no for, 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 to for Icarus <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to all Icarus is Icarus and his uh, upset father Leg, League One League One Pompey's lead at the top has been cut to three points Luke Yes, I think, I mean, they've got a bit of a focus issue, I think, a focusing issue, collectively and individually. Um, Axon are an all right team, by mm. the way, but... Um, if their issues are just down to focusing, then... Well, sometimes they do stuff, but sometimes they'll, they'll like, for example, a couple of weeks ago, they played Gillingham at home, who aren't a very good team, and just get beaten easily, 2-0 yeah. at home. And then and then if you look at this, how this game well, panned out... We were out, all scratching our heads over that, Well, it? I know, exactly, you were beside yourself. How, how this game panned out against Accrington, chance, 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 chance. Miss, then, miss, miss, miss. Yeah, miss. then go up the other, and then Accrington go up the yeah. other end and we give away a stupid penalty, which is then saved. Mm-hmm. Right? Portsmouth then score. Yeah. Right? And honestly, two minutes later. If you've, if you've not seen it, <laughs> go and look it up. It is two minutes later. I think it might even be a minute later. <laughs> but honestly, I can't stress this enough. It was exactly the same goal they'd scored. Yeah. So mm. free kick in the same position, mm-hmm. header. It was exactly the same. So Portsmouth need to sort that out because if Sunderland win their game in hand, they'll go above them. Um, it's a competitive division. They, they need to really sort of stamp that out. Portsmouth need to sort it out because we want the prospect of Portsmouth playing Southampton and Newcastle and Fulham next season. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. And if Arsenal can chuck their lot on as well, Jim, we'd very much appreciate that. We'd very much appreciate that. Yeah, well, that's only if um, those aforementioned sides manage to get in the Europa League somehow. Yeah. Where Arsenal are going to play everybody, yeah. uh, apparently. Uh, Sunderland are three points off the top in third with the game in hand. Uh, they, they they won 3-0 on the weekend. Chris Maguire scored an absolute yes. beauty. For me, one of the goals Screamer. of the weekend. Absolutely. It's weird seeing that stadium in uh, in League One, isn't it? It is a bit, yeah. Odd. Also, do you know it's Black Cat Day on, on Saturday? Yeah, right. You know, like, stuff has a day, doesn't it? Tomorrow's probably Peanut Day or something like that. But yeah. I, just, I just like the symmetry of them winning on that special day. That's true. It's a day for everything now, isn't there? It's yeah. absolutely crazy. Pompey Day. Um, that's every day, mate. <laughs> And Andy uh, Brassel was saying to me, there's a new fan, um, a new supporters group set up at Sunderland, which has got, uh, obviously in light of the hardship they've been through. And I I might be getting this wrong, so apologies if I am, I'll ask Andy, but there's something like 9,000 members of it already. There's like a real movement up there for them to do something. And and they've looked quite good this season, um, which you'd expect because they've dropped Mm -hmm. down to to a a huge degree. So um, it'll be a competitive, you talk about the championship, which is even more competitive than it normally is. League One will be good at the top this season as it well. It will be, yeah. And the prospect of Sunderland playing Newcastle next season. Well, we always well, we always had, well, we, yeah, we always had this, I don't know if we always had it actually, but last few years, I don't know if you guys um, agree with this, but championships seem to be a little bit of a sort of cloggier league. Whereas you'd see League One teams a few years ago who get like get on the get on the TV and mm-hmm. the cups and stuff, and they play some lovely stuff. Yep. 
Uh, and League One's got, I think, a fair reputation for having some good football in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely worth looking at. Weird to see Aidan McGeady. Brian Clogg down there. Yeah, Brian, Brian Clogg's Brian, down there. Yeah, exactly. Brian Clug. He's making it even cloggier. It's weird to see Aidan McGeady down there. I know he's yeah. kind of getting on a bit, but there we are. Maybe we'll see him Scored in the champ. Goal, Loving it. He did score Having a, a great goal. time. Before we move on to the WhatsApp group, Luton Town, they beat um, AFC Wimbledon oh, away. Oh, goodness me. Who cares about the result? Let's talk about the failed Penenka oh. penalty. It was one of the shittest games ever. It, that, it really, that looked so non-league, didn't it? <laughs> he, 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 it really did. He penenkered a penalty into the goalkeeper's chest. Yes. Yeah. He chested it down and just caught it. Yeah, I mean, if, if you don't know what a penenka penalty is, it's a dinked penalty. I think if you watch that, you still won't know what a penenka penalty is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? When, when, it, when, it, when, when a penenka penalty is failed, you realise like, what an absolute waste it is. And I know we love to see one go in. Uh, but imagine if Chris Smalling took a penalty. <laughs> That's what it'd be like. Yeah, I t- yeah. But he, he wouldn't mean to do that. He'd sort of fall over, and then it would just go yeah. Bloop, yeah. straight into the keeper's yeah. arms. But uh, yeah, <laughs> if you're going to put a penalty down the middle, just put your foot through it or side foot it at least. Yeah, I know. I, I always say you don't bring in variables. It no looks. It just looks so cheap. Yeah. If you if you fail. Do you know what it looks like? It looks like you are disrespecting the guy who's won the penalty for you. Oh, you, you're and disrespecting everybody yeah. in the stand, everybody the connected with public, football, yeah. FIFA. Yeah. No, actually, yeah, do it, do it if you're disrespecting. <laughs> there we are. Right. Let's go and open up the WhatsApp. The moment you've all been waiting yeah. for. And Hit. by you've all, I mean Marcus Speller. Hit the jingle. I will if you tell me how excited you are out of ten. Ten and a half. You got a little jingle for that, Pete? Have you got a little jingle for that, Pete? Have you got a little jingle for that? No, I've not got a jingle. No, no, we haven't got a jingle. Welcome to the WhatsApp group, everybody. Now, to be honest with you, the last sort of 48, 50 minutes for me is it's been like wading through treacle. Mm. <laughs> uh, all that I've, dross. I've, well, don't have still listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Presuming a, a decent enough percentage of the listeners are still listening at this point. Oh, they'll have waited. I told you. They'll we, have waited. I told you before we recorded. No, we cannot put the WhatsApp section to the front of the show. <laughs> <laughs> The amount of people that have been in touch. Does Marcus know? Yes, Marcus knows about it. <laughs> Does yeah. he know about it? <laughs> has he got a Google alert set up on every one of his email accounts? Yes, he has. Oh, millions of you. Thousands of you. A few of you mm. uh, got in touch with me on Twitter. Thank you very much for that. Telling me of the good news that Sven is back in business. Something we can all get behind. Something that we've all been waiting for. Something that can unite us all. He signed a six-month deal with the Philippines national team. And they will be all the better off for it. Uh, Terry Butcher was, of course, previously in charge of the Philippines, and he didn't even he didn't even manage a game because no. he felt that uh, the, the 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 right system wasn't in place for the country to be successful. And I, th- I sort of think to myself, well, that's quite obvious, Terry. Yeah. They're hoping for someone like you to try and sort that yeah. out. Did he think that, or did he get a lovely gig during the World Cup on the BBC? <laughs> <laughs> Just asking for a pal, because uh, it seemed to me that quite the coincidence. Yeah. And I don't believe in coincidences. No, I don't either. I don't either. But yes, uh, Svenigans will lead out the Philippines in their first Asian Cup uh, tournament is the first one in their history, which which will start in January. Sven and the Philippines. I mean, it sounds like a band that was waiting to happen. Sounds like a super group, if you ask me. There were a lot so of countries. You, yeah, there were a lot of countries and clubs interested in Sven's services, but we were able to sell him the idea of leaving a legacy here in the Philippines. I have no doubt at all. That's um, I think the head of Philippines, uh, general Philipp- manager. Yeah, Dan Palami. I've got no doubt that Sven will leave some sort of legacy in the Philippines. <laughs> Certainly. Certainly he will. And I also have no further comment to make. <laughs> would, would we like to uh, find out what entails uh, Sven services? Yeah. 
Well, what, the only thing this whole thing was missing, if I'd known, if I could have got, could have got Pete on here, I'd have got a bit of um, accordion in the background. Yeah, oh, no, you're Is Todd still involved? I don't know. No, he's not. It's, um, ah, I forget his name. Irish chap. Um, he's not using Todd anymore. I don't think so. Todd's retired, apparently. He's yeah. 80 now. He's, he's no. supposed to have a bit of the quiet life. I'm surprised you don't know this, Marcus. Uh, no, I knew Todd Grip wasn't, grip wasn't involved. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> How how in 2018 are you giggling to yourself at Todd Grip's name? Just his name. My <laughs> idea of his name. Have we told the listeners the story about Todd Grip's accordion? <laughs> yeah, we spoke Peter Crouch. Okay, yeah. He was okay. on the show and he was tickling the ivories. That's right. Todd yeah. was on the accordion and Ben was playing the piano. <laughs> Jim, come on, get on board. I'm not not on board. Right. For, for people listening, Jim is utterly bored and Marcus is incredulous that Jim doesn't agree or is excited as, as Marcus is about this whole news. It's hilarious. It's absolutely, they're, they're, they're in a group with South Korea, China and Kyrgyzstan. So Was this for the Asian Games? For the Asia Cup. Asian yeah. Cup, yeah. Yeah, okay. so all to play for. But yeah, Sven's services will be... Uh, do you feel like everything's right with the world again now? Do you know what? I think I do. Yeah. I think I do. <laughs> you know, finally, um, some good news. But yes, yeah, Sven and the Philippines will be appearing at a stadium near you. If yeah. you're in the United Arab Emirates yeah. in uh, January. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if they qualify. Indeed. There we are. That's right. it. I think we... It was, uh, the Philippines, yeah, of course they've qualified. They're in there. Oh, they've already... Qual- oh, sorry. I it's thought, their first appearance I at the Asia was, Cup. Sorry, I thought that was a qualification group. Apologies. He doesn't me. waste his time with qualification, does he? I'm not trying to... Yeah, I'm not trying to sort of um, pass the buck here, but it's just your, your sort of talk wasn't that clear among <laughs> yeah. all the sort of exalted reverie you found yourself in. Do you really in. think Sven's going to slog it out in a qualification No, but campaign? what I do think is I'm sat here with someone who appears to be having a fever dream of some sort, <laughs> and so I was a bit confused. Apologies. <laughs> right, let's get out of here. All right, then. Thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, good listeners. We'll see you on Thursday for the preview show. Au revoir. This was a Radio Stakhano production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.